Good morning and welcome to another um, pre and post devotional uh, podcast. For those of you that have been following along, you know that we have been going through 1 Corinthians chapter, well we're in 1 Corinthians, we're going to be taking a look at chapter 6 verses 1 to 6 today and I'm just going to go ahead and jump <coughs> right into the text. Paul says, dare any of you having a matter, <coughs> excuse me, dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Do you, know not, do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. It is, it is, uh, is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? But the brother goes to law against brother and that before the unbelievers. This is truly an in, um, this passage is truly intriguing. Paul presents a series of actually seven question, uh, uh, seven consecutive questions within this text, each followed by a condemnation or a negative undertone uh, fact statement. As we delve into this passage, it becomes apparent that there is a shift in topics as we progress through this book we will uncover 11 concerns that Paul addresses. And up to this point, he's tackled the following issues. Divisions and disunity. Paul confronts the problem of divisions within the church, where different factors align themselves with various leaders. For example, Paul, Apollos, or Cephas. He underscores the significance of unity in Christ and warns against factionalism. And then he goes on to address immorality and sexual sin. Paul addresses sexual sin within the church, including a specific case where a man is involved in an inappropriate relationship with his stepmother. Paul rebukes the church for toler tolerating such behavior, and, and he urges them to uphold purity. And we're about to explore now the next area of concern for Paul about the Corinthian church, and this pertains to lawsuits that were happening among believers. In the text, Paul discusses the issues of believers resorting to secular courts for legal disputes instead of resolving conflicts within the church. He advocates for settling disputes within the church community to preserve its rep reputation. However, Paul's approach to addressing these issues might seem unconventional. He fires off a volley of seven questions in rapid succession, but why? Paul's questions are meant to challenge the Corinthian Corinthians' behavior underscore their spiritual authority and capabilities and ultimately urge them to resolve their conflicts within the Christian community rather than to seek judgment from worldly sources. So let's take a look at the nature and the purpose of each of these questions. So the first question is, dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? So the nature of the question is questioning the, the Corinthians' decision to seek legal judgment from non-believers instead of fellow Christians or saints. <clears throat> so the purpose of the question introduces the issue and emphasizes the inappropriate choice of venue for conflict resolution. So the second question is, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? So it's actually two questions, but the nature points out a believer's failure in failure um, sorry 
It, it points out believers' future role in judging the world and questions their reluctance to handle even minor issues within the church. The purpose highlights believers' spiritual authority and their capability to resolve internal matters. And the third question is, do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more things pertaining to this life? That's again two questions. The nature extends the, <coughs> extends the argument by suggesting that believers will judge even higher beings, angels, indicating their capacity to handle earthly issues. The purpose, well, it reinforces the idea that they should be competent to resolve conflicts within their community. Next question is, if you have judgments concerning things pertaining to, to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? Well, the nature of the question, um, it questions the wisdom of choosing individuals with lower standing in the church to make judgments. And the purpose is to challenge the choice of judges and highlights the inconsistency in their decision making. And the fifth question is, um, I say this to your shame. So is it, uh, is it so that there is not a wise man among you, even not one, who will be able to judge between his brother? brethren another. So the nature of the question expresses strong disapproval and questions the lack of wise persons among them. The purpose emphasizes their failure to appoint a suitable mediator and underscores the need for internal revolution, uh, resolution. <coughs> so Paul's, um, central mes uh, Paul's central message in this passage is a strong rebuke to the Corinthians. He criticizes them for resorting to secular courts to settle disputes rather than resolving conflicts with their, within their Christian community. He emphasizes that believers possess the authority and the wisdom to judge and reconcile matters. Paul condemns their behavior as it exposes their disagreements to non-believers, potentially damaging the church's reputation and unity. This passage underscores the significance of prioritizing unity within the body of believers. Christians are encouraged to recognize their place in a spiritual family and address conflicts first within the church, seeking resolution guided by biblical principles. Through their relationship with Christ, believers are entrusted with spiritual authority and wisdom, equipping them to handle disputes within, with humility rather and love. Though Paul's reference to believers, um, to believers judging the world and angels may be puzzling, it reinforces the idea of valuing spiritual concerns above worldly matters. Christians are prompted to address conflicts according to eternal principles and values, demonstrating a focus on what truly matters. In this context, personal responsibility holds great importance. Each believer is urged to act in ways that honor God, contributing to the health and the unity of the church. Christians can present a positive example to the world by adhering to biblical principles when resolving conflicts. Handling disputes with love and aligning with Christ's teachings can showcase the transformative influence of faith. It's important to address a clear distinction here. The context of this passage pertains to civil disputes within the church, not criminal offenses. For example, cases involving sexual predators or child molesters within the church today must unquestionably adhere to the legal framework of the land. Such offenders should face full prosecution as directed by the law. This clarification is vital as some groups, including certain cults and perhaps even a few churches, have been known to 
misinterpret this passage to shield criminals from rightful prosecution.